Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. I am your host, Al the Brewer, and I am so glad you are listening today. This podcast is for anyone that wants to learn more about craft beer and the culture that surrounds it. Whether you're brand new to the scene or a vet of craft beer, I hope you find something to take away from this podcast. So, pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy. Cheers. Welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. How in the world are you doing out there in podcast land? Oh, I know. I know. It's been a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, We had a bit of a snowstorm here in the Fort Worth area, which just doesn't happen at all. Uh, We had very cold temperature and no power. I was I, I luckily only had um, a couple days without power. There are people that, that took much longer, but my family was on the move for about a week between my house and my in-laws house which i'm very appreciative for them but oh, it has been hard to get anything done um beyond just you know life so sorry for the pause there i know it's my fault but you know what we're going to keep on going this episode today i'm so excited about it this is one i've been wanting to do for a long time Sean from Southside Cellar. Now, this place opened up on South Main Street or Main South. They're calling it Main Southside. Anyways, really cool, fun bottle shop and tap house. They've got around 30 some odd, you know, tap handles. Great beer selection. They've got a beer cave with wine bottles as well. So beer wine cave. It just has a really cool feel, and I've been wanting to talk to Sean about this place. He opened up, I think, two months before lockdown happened. Um, I remember going to his place in January going, oh, I can't, in January of 2020, going, oh, I want to really want to talk to Sean about this, and then COVID hit, and it was just absolute madness. So now we had a moment. We could breathe just a little bit. Uh, talking to Sean, hearing his story. His passion for Southside Cellar was just so inspiring. I loved it, and I think you are going to love it too. So, as always, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate each and every one of you that has taken the time to write a review. If you haven't done that, that really helps out this podcast so much, leaving a review on iTunes. Um, let me know. How are you liking this? Is it an awesome podcast? Is it not an awesome podcast? Let me know. I mean, if you want to leave a five star, that would be amazing. Um, but I'll take any stars. That's all good. I like my stars. There is also the Patreon account, patron or patreon.com slash I know nothing about beer. If you want to get on the perks with that. Also, also, also thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for putting up with the random breaks. This season has been so interesting to do. Uh, I've talked to some amazing people, and uh, I've only got a couple episodes left, which I'm excited to bring up. So uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's about it. Hey, thank you again for listening. I really, really do appreciate each and every one of you listening, and cheers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. How in the world are you doing? Thank you so much for joining me. 
I've got a special treat here. I am sitting on location at Southside Cellar with my buddy Sean. Sean, how are you doing, homie? What up? I don't know how much of a treat it is, but man, happy to have you here. Dude, and it, let's it, do this thing. It is so <laughs> good to be here. Um, I've got a little mineral. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, a, a bit before noon, so we're uh, we're doing the sparkling water route right now, which I absolutely love. We're at Southside Cellar today on location. We got masks up, coverings on all the microphones, and man, I'm excited to do this. Dude, it has been, uh, this shop has been around for about a year, and I can't wait to get a little more into the shop itself. It's so cool. I love this place. Um, but first, uh, just a little bit how we met. Uh, I think we first met over at Collective. Collective, brother, Collective. Way back when. R.I.P. Collective, by the way. And I love that you have the Collective barrel ends all the way inside the beer cave. <clears throat> Dude, we are so, uh, you know, connected with Collective, obviously because of the friendships and everything. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Mike wasted no time. He's like, hey, man, you want our display barrel head? I said 100%. I'd love wow. it to have it hanging in my cellar, which you just pointed out. And then the table that we're actually sitting at uh -huh. is one of the footer tops that Mike made. And wow. I know you can't really tell right now. Oh, but I saw the, the decoration on top. Yeah, yeah. so there's a, there's a design on top, and this is actually a tribute that uh, Mike made to one of our very, very good friends uh, who's no longer with us, Erica mm. Hopperstead. Gotcha. Who... Uh, very personally, you know, she was my wife's best friend in high school. They ended mm. up working at the Flying Saucer together, which gotcha. is how we all met. And then she ended up working for me again when I was out west at Trinity River. And uh, then she went on to be uh, a sales rep for Lakewood. Okay. So she's been in the business a long time, a friend to everybody. And, you know, uh, Mike made the table, so it's very special to us. This is actually on lease. This is the only leased piece of furniture in here. Uh, I have a contract with Mike that this is his table, you know, on his loan. His table that gets to be here. Right, on gotcha. loan here to, to Southside Cellar, you know. But uh, should anything happen or, you know, we move or whatever else that happens in the world, this is his to take. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, man, it's a it's a pretty sweet thing. It's awesome. It's beautiful. If any any, I really hope anybody listening to this gets a chance to come out here to Southside. Um, it's just got this beautiful design sitting on top, and it's just a great little spot to what, sit down at. What a freaking connection, you know, just to beer people in general. So, uh, Craig with uh, Vector Brewing uh -huh. used to be a brewer over at Liquid. Uh, he actually made this design. He did this elephant design mm. uh, for T-shirts for Erica when she passed. It was a fundraiser that we did. and yeah. uh, So there's a bunch of us that have this design. But this is the design, obviously, that Mike took and then mm. carved out into the table. But it was neat because Craig was here just uh, uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, it was the first time he actually got to see the table. It was wow. pretty neat. So wow. beer, beer people all around, man. It's a hell of a community. You know, I, I say this often, but it, it's true. Um, the... Uh, beer community in the DFW area is still small enough. It's growing, but it's still small enough that you can get to know everybody still. 100%. You yeah. know, it's, it's small enough to where you can be here at Southside Cellar. You can go to any other, you know, name it bottle shop in the area uh, and still get to know the owners and the people boring and all that. Whereas a lot of other uh, beer communities that have become larger, and this is sure. not a fault to them, but you have to get to know kind of like the microcosm within that little world of a world rather than like the entire uh, scene itself. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's weird to think that we're actually still, 
relatively young as a beer community, even though that we have so much going on. I mean, we've got yeah. long established, more traditional brewers mm-hmm. uh, like Raw right down the street from us. Yep. Uh, you know, we have younger. Uh, <laughs> what. I don't know if this is the right definition, but hype breweries, you know, like Turning Point and, you, got, well, you know, even Martin House, man, because they have so, much, so such high online trade value mm-hmm. for some of the stuff that they're putting out. But, uh, it, it, yeah, you're right, man. It's it's a neat thing. It's rare that I run into somebody that I haven't encountered before or, mm-hmm. you know, know outright or somebody I call a dear friend. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Um now, you and I have talked more than a few times. I love this place, and I want to get into the history of it. But first, um, would love to know, what is your own personal history into craft beer? Uh, well, it's my first day, and so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny I make jokes like that, but I feel like I'm constantly learning. I feel like everybody in the beer business, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you constantly pick up these little nuggets. Um obviously about around being other people in the industry you know mm-hmm. like um we have whisker will who used to be a brewer at rar who's on board with us here and having that high level you know commercial beer acumen hmm. uh it's pretty awesome so i pick up little nuggets here and there but um I- anyway man moving back uh we've mentioned the flying saucer earlier so I spent 13 extraordinarily long years with that company, so <laughs> uh, I hung around much longer than probably my expiration date should have allowed me to, but did that, um, you know, in multiple capacities. I mean, I'd... Slinging beer, pouring beer, Pouring beer for like years that. and years, you know, assistant managing. Okay. I ended up, uh, <laughs> against my will almost, got pushed across the street. I ran Ados when that uh, sister company, the Saucer, was still around. I was a GM there for four years. Mm-hmm. Went to Trinity River Tap House and uh, did that thing for four years. Then uh, collected for another year, so almost twenty years in beer, man, or twenty-ish wow. something yeah. years in craft beer. Gotcha. It's weird. Gotcha. Do you remember like the uh, like when you think about like craft beer, the the beers that kind of got you started into it? Or, like, was there a moment that you're like, man, I want to continue in onto this in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a bigger way? Man, you know, it's kind of funny. I was drinking, air quotes, funny beer mm-hmm. uh, before I even started working for the Flying Saucer companies. Um, when I was a teenager, I was kind of a my body is a temple type, you know. I okay. was... Uh, uh, I trained Muay Thai and, and, you know, played a bevy of different sports and I really didn't mess around like a lot of my friends did, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. do a lot of drinking or anything, but, uh, I guess in the summers in between my freshman, uh, sophomore and junior years of college, uh, my mother lived in Carolina, so I'd go back and visit and they just had a bunch of beer that I'd never seen before. They had, you know, on the shelves and, yeah. and working at a restaurant, you know, waiting tables and bartending and whatnot. I encountered a lot of beers that I'd never heard before. You know, I saw Anchor Brewing on the shelves. You know, yeah. I saw a, a bunch of weird beer, you know, with beautiful labels. I mean, it's kind of funny we make that joke just because the can art is dope doesn't mean the beer is good. Yeah. Well, you know, you still got to be attracted to picking something off there, up off the shelf. You know, I, I'm looking up you a know. bottle of uh, Sip of Sunshine and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that stands out. At least makes you go like, oh, I should maybe try this out. Yeah, man. You know, so uh, when I did start dabbling into drinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was really into beer, you know, to be mm. more social and whatnot. And I found myself 
you know, I had tasted light American beer before and never really had a, you know, an appetite for that. But then I was discovering that there's other flavors out there, you know, yeah. and this is really well before there were, or at least before I discovered a thing like a flying saucer or a ginger mm-hmm. man or, you know, a big tap room. Like there weren't very many, you know, yeah, yeah. you had to really want to go find one of those. And then, um, yeah, man, I just developed a flavor for bigger, maltier beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Anchor Liberty early on. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, when I started working for the saucer, this was in 2001. You know, it's so funny looking back on it now because in my mind, you know, when I think back and that store had 96 taps in Arlington because that's the store I started at. Mm-hmm. I, if I had to guess, I'm going to peg about, 10 of those taps were kind of garbage taps because we actually had Bud Light, Mo Light, Coors Light. Then we had Dos Equis, Dos Equis Amber. We had Amstel Light. We had Heineken, mm-hmm. you know. And then you probably take another 40 beers that were Euros, like the Polliner Hefeweizens, Polliner Salvatores of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chimay wasn't available on tap yet, but we had, we had Maretsu. Hmm. You know, we'd have a couple other Belgian offerings. So then you kind of narrow it down. I mean... Really, we only had about 10, maybe 15 Texas taps. <laughs> well, and there you know? weren't, especially 20 years ago, there weren't as many exactly. Texas taps around the house. Exactly. You know, I mean, um, so Real Ale had their Brewhouse Brown. They had the Full Moon Pale Rye. Hmm. And then they had the Rio Blanco Pale Ale. We had those taps on for three years. We never rotated those out, you know, because so, <laughs> uh, we had that Sunday, you know, Texas Pints. Hmm. promotion and we had to have texas beers on and there just weren't very many st arnold's amber yeah i think that beer was on all three years i worked at that store Hmm. you know so but uh you know to to go the long way around it was really the belgian stuff that i think i fell in love with even though i had already had a Uh you know a palette for different Hmm. i mean i'm a contrarian by nature so you know if somebody's doing something and they tell me I have to do it. I'll by nature say no, even if it's something I want to do. <laughs> so, you know, drinking, drinking different beer made me feel like myself, I guess. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Um, and so this shop has been around Southside Cellar has been around a, a little over a year now, yes. correct? Yeah. We opened um, January 3rd of last year. Okay. So yeah, you guys are, you guys uh, a year and, and change at this point in time. Um, I would love to know, give me a little bit of the, your history into opening this place up, why you wanted to do that, and then where you guys are at now. So, the, again, you know, going back to, I guess I mentioned, I'm, I'm, I've always been a bit of a contrarian. I think my family is by nature. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. really know of anybody with the last name Howell that I'm related to that hasn't worked for themselves. <laughs> that's like no you know, I got this. Uh, yeah <laughs> it's always been part of the plan so my wife and i have been married 12 years now and mm-hmm. that was part of our you know agreement early on was that we were going to get her through her nursing program through mm. her master's program and get her you know her dreams fulfilled and then i get to turn around and do whatever i want and gotcha. the end game was to always do this and other things as well but mm. this is by far and away what i wanted to do the most you know i've always been passionate about craft beer i love it yeah. just like we said i'm sure i could have made a lot more money doing something else mm-hmm. but i love the people i love the community and uh high quality of life to me seems like a a much more fulfilling endeavor than chasing yeah. money. So yeah, yeah. 
Um, dude, you're talking to a stay-at-home dad, so I totally understand yeah, that. Yeah, hey, dude, that was part of our, you know, I did the same thing, you know, mm. a, a year and a half leading up to, to executing this thing. That's what I did. Yeah. You know, Margaret asked me, she was like, what do you think about, this is when I was at the collective, actually, and she said, uh, and honestly, I wasn't making really any money at all. It was more of expanding my beer knowledge, you know, and spending that time with Mike and Ryan and getting to learn more about, uh -huh. you know, the supplier side of things and whatnot. But uh, I really wasn't making any money. <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah. Anyway, Margaret said, what do you think about being a stay-at-home dad? And I hadn't done that since I was 14 years old. And sure as all get out, you know, she's like, well, I got all this stuff to finish mm. up her master's. She had pharmacology coming up, pathophysiology. And she's like, I'm not going to be washing dishes. I'm not going to pick the kids up from school. I'm not going to make any dinner ever. You know, yeah. like I'm going to be studying with all of my spare time. As soon all. as the subject gets into like three or four syllables, it's <laughs> like my attention level needs to be so 100%, much higher. <laughs> you know, so, so I'm with you, brother, man. That That's a, it's, it's an awesome thing, you know, mm -hmm. that you get to do in your life, you know, that you, you and I can share on that. But, uh, anyway, that was actually kind of a big part of it mm. is, utilizing that time to lay the groundwork, you know, do the business plan, do all the research the yeah. you know, the market research and, and run all the numbers a million times to make sure, man, is this thing going to work if I pour everything into it? Yeah. And, um, so we did that. And then, like I said, it was always the goal, <laughs> do something on my own. You know, mm. I feel like if you're going to spend a few decades of your life, staying in, within an industry, what's the point if, you know, you don't get to kind of plant your own flag, I suppose. Hmm. So that that's where we're at with that. The store's trucking right along. I mean, I, it, obviously it couldn't have been worse timing, but when it comes to starting a your own business or, you know, I, I shy away from the word entrepreneur. To me, that's, I don't know, that's weird. It doesn't sound right, hmm. but, you know, being able to be out on your own, I think the real thing is either you're going to do it or you're not. Timing is not really part of the equation, you know, even if we knew. Yeah. It's kind of like having a kid. I love it when people say, oh, we need to do this, this, and this, and I always laugh because being there's, a father, there's, it's there's like, no there's good time no to have good, good time. You, yeah. you, you, you take that best time of your right. life that you think is a good time for a kid. And, and yeah, exactly. What is you're going to do it or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> the, kid, the kid actually makes you ready to be a, yes. a, a parent. There, you there know? is no... I think like, being a business owner is kind of like that as well. Gotcha. You know, you're not prepared for it. Even though that you you put yourself in a mental space, you've worked yeah. hard, you've done all the... The, the legwork for it. Well, there's a there's a saying yeah. that I love of if you want to make God laugh, make plans. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this shop opened up. You've got two sides. So I'm gonna uh, you know people listening have not been able to come sure, out sure, here. You've yeah. got two sides. You have a uh, you know you have a tap house side, um, which you have. I mean, I was here before. I think I was here like first month you guys opened. Uh, maybe even a couple of weeks into you guys opening. <laughs> um, and the seating has changed a little bit to, little to bit, yeah. yeah, just for, for COVID. But you guys have this awesome beer cave, which I remember getting a little tour of beforehand, which it, it's just such a cool extra spot. I want you to talk about that in a little bit. And then you guys have got a bottle, whole bottle shop side, uh, which is the entrance to uh, the, your place. And uh, that is stocked up very well. Um, and so, yeah, what was the inspiration behind this really cool, cool, uh, like, uh, what's it called, uh, a beer cave? Yeah. The cellar, yeah. 
Excuse me, man. Sorry, the sparkling water is getting me. No, no, you're all good. Um, so <sighs> the conceptualization process went through a few iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, I had this big, bold plan of doing a really, really big place with an inordinate amount of drafts and, you know, being able to put that stamp, most drafts, you know, in yeah. DFW and... And all that. And the more I, I thought deeply about that I, through my own personal experience, because it's funny, people come in here all the time like, oh, my gosh, you have 30 drafts. How do you deal with all that? And I'm like, this is literally the least amount of drafts I've ever <laughs> do, dealt with, you know, from the saucers that I that I worked, you know, yeah. you're looking at 96, 84, even at Trinity River, we had 75. So it's, I, I worked at a place with 103. <clears throat> and right, uh, yeah, you know, it's. I mean, piece of cake, man. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so there was a large, long drawn out process, you know, during that time I told mm-hmm. you about of really trying to, you know, mold the sculpture in terms of what I really wanted. And so the more I thought about a, kind of a traditional tap house with uh, or, or uh, you know, with the kitchen kind of kind of along the lines of. Uh, a meddlesome moth type of thing. Cause I'm familiar with that. Obviously mm-hmm. I, I, number one, I eradicated the kitchen. I like, we're not doing that. <laughs> Scratch yeah. that one off the list. All right. So I don't want to do a kitchen, uh, especially for my first concept. Kit- and kitchen is, is such an extra world of, of, of right. Of and it's hurt. such a drain on your capital, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? And I don't mean that in a bad way. If you have a great kitchen staff, it's, it's amazing, but mm-hmm. I mean that 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 labor right there, it, it'll kill you on the bottom line. Mm. And I was like, let's do something that I know I can execute and I can work with. So then it was like, okay, so you're not going to do that. Do you want to be a bar bar? And obviously, yeah. that's not something I wanted to to do. I wanted to focus on craft beer. So mm. now we're whittling it down. Then it was, you know, I love the growler option. I just think it's so much more. Uh, appealing to customers even Mm. as a craft beer guy there's there's something that humans need with that human interaction you need to be able to do this you know Mm -hmm. you need to be able to sit down with friends and clang a clang a couple glasses but uh there is something really appealing as well as i ain't got time for all that today but i do want my juice let me Mm -hmm. get in let me get out get something nice so the the growler bar became more and more and more appealing as I looked into it, as I ran the numbers, as, you know, honestly, I just went out into the market, not just here, but in, you know, in North Carolina, where I'm originally from, um, you know, out, up in the Pacific Northwest, as I'm looking at some of these other concepts, it just felt so much more comfortable hmm. with that. So anyway... I was like, all right, if we're going to do a growler bar, what do we see in our area? You know, what, what do I like about them? What do I not like about them? Mm-hmm. And I love everybody else in this industry. I love what they're doing. I love what they're putting out. I love what they offer, you know, to, um, to our demographic, you know. And the one thing that I felt like that I wasn't happy about is, you know, you still have to go to a Specs or a Total Wine to stock up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you Like if you're having a Super Bowl party, you know, back, way back before COVID. Uh, when, when you could have people over. Yes. Right. You know, <laughs> when you could interact with other humans. 
you're missing that, you know, mm. there like even some of these great shops, you go in there and there's some package offerings, mm. but there's not an, a, a comprehensive offering of packaged goods. Yeah. And that's something I really wanted, you know, at personally, you mm. know, I, I'm think I was trying to always think as a consumer, you know, what would set this place apart if I were to go into it. So anyway, the, the concept design was I wanted the best of both worlds. I wanted a, 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 a large inventory package store, but I also wanted a tap room. Hmm. And I never really liked those intermingling. I wanted them to be specific to, to themselves. So when you walk into our store, it looks not really ununique from, another, from any other bottle shop you walk into. You walk in, it's a, it's a package store. Hmm. But then you see the windows, you see the curtains, and you can tell that there is another room right there, you yep. know, and it's almost kind of a soft play on the speakeasy ideas. The curtains are spread just enough. You can kind of see when there's people yeah. in here, and that human curiosity always takes over. Well, hey, what's that? Well, I want to know what's What is going over on. there? Because you're, you're, when you walk in, your line of sight is like, are those taps? Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, a, do, I, do I see what I came for? Um, but when you walk in here and you, you cross the threshold into the tap room, um, one of the other things that we really wanted to stay away from is kind of the t sterile table setting, you know, mm. or just white tables all over the yeah, place. Yeah. We, we wanted something a little different. So when you walk in, you see uh, a bevy of living room arrangements mm -hmm. as opposed um, to traditional tables, even though obviously we're sitting at this really awesome, you know, footer top table that has the barrel base underneath yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do have some high top barrels, and obviously we got the, the bar top. But it is kind of neat, and I, I, I've scoured America looking for another bottle shop that, or growler shop that did it the way we did it, and the only other one I've been able to find is Belmont Station up in Portland, which is a fantastic bottle shop. Mm. But even it, when you walk in, it looks like a convenience store. It's got mm -hmm. the gondola shelving yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that, which we don't have, you know, and it, it looks like that. It's got the rows of the reaching coolers and everything, but when you walk back towards the bathrooms, you go all the way around the back, and there's like a little English-Irish pub in the back, hmm. you know? So it's it's the only other place I've been able to find that did it and segregated the rooms the way that we did. There's so. there's definitely a level of comfort and home that you feel when you've come to sit down. Because this is one of the few places I've gone to during this whole COVID thing, because I've, I've felt you know safe enough to go sit down at the back and have myself a pint. Um, and I feel like I've got enough space between everybody. And my wife and I, we're really cautious about how we do this whole COVID thing. Um, so we've really appreciated that. But um, even before that, it's just this nice, easy peasy, um, just very comforting home, uh, homey type of place. You know, um, I've never felt like this was your standard bar, um, which I, I really like and appreciate because there's a lot of bars out there that I, you know, I love a good dive bar and I love a good what you would call a standard fare bar. But um, I love places that make you feel like they've gone out of their way to make you feel like you're at home. And that's definitely what I feel out of this. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, that's what we're striving for. You know, having mm -hmm. the package store be a package store. Yeah. Having the tap room be a tap room. I mean, it, it fits, I think, very well, although it, it, it was a little weird at first. Mm -hmm. People didn't really understand, you know. You have to kind of... Like, can we buy in here and take in there? It's like, well, you know, not really. This is, we're just like every other growler shop. You know, it looks different, mm -hmm. but that's what we are. You know, we, we've curated 30 of the best drafts that we could find. Mm -hmm. That's what we're offering. I mean, there's a reason everything's room temp anyway. <laughs> the other room, you know. 
Um, yeah, I don't think you really want to drink that IPA at room temp. Or, yeah. or you might. I mean, hell, who knows? I mean, if, <laughs> if you guys got a fun little cask in here and started doing the hand <laughs> right. cask, I mean, yeah. that's always fun. Do, but do the cask engine. Yeah. It's funny. I actually thought about doing that early on. I was like, I don't think. You know, I think every time I'd buy a cask keg, I think it would die right there on that tap line. So it's you know, I I love them. Anytime I see them, I always order a pint because I love that low carbonation, the little warmer right. body for the English bitters. Sure, um, sure. You know, oh, yeah. And, now we're talking. And uh, the, the last time I was at RAR, this is a while ago, but I took my dad to because we were going to be in the area, and um, there was a a guy. This I, I don't know who the gentleman was, just older gentleman. He was standing by this this by this cask, and I'm like. There's no line here. Dad, we're going there. Right. And then it was uh, this the triple Bach on vanilla something or another. And I, oh, it was such a great pour. And it was, you know, the low carbonation, a little warmer. And I was so happy. And no one else, I was like, how is no one else like, and this line? I'm like, oh, because it, no one knows that this is a tap. Right. Um, but, oh, I love those. Those are some of my favorite. Um but it uh, leads me into like uh, a question I want to ask you. What are some of the, you know, you've got a, a tap house, you've got a bottle shop. Um, I feel like there's really fun, unique challenges in, in having both of these places and then <laughs> a really fun challenge in having them both combined in one. Yeah. Unfortunately, we still don't even know what this shop is capable of hmm. uh, because of COVID. We, um, so also a little bit of backstory. Um, I signed up with the city hmm. as a general con. I registered as a general contractor. So we, meaning hmm. you know, Tyler, Choppy, Will, and Jenna, we built this place ourselves. Hmm. Um, you know, I did the saw cutting on the floor for the plumbing. We had the plumbers come in, do their work. We, gotcha. we framed out um, all the walls here because that was nothing but a few. Uh, rotted old studs holding up. And you're you talking know, about the wall we, that literally separates between Right, when the, we walked in, you know, we built the bathrooms, <laughs> the all the, that, you yeah. know. So, uh, so <laughs> while the reason I tell you that is, so number one, it was a money say, you know, we, we were able to, thank God we did that. I mean, we may have been dead on arrival when COVID hit, mm. but I, we were extraordinarily frugal in what we, in what we were doing. And, and even all these luxury items that I wanted right out of the gate call me crazy you know I was first time business owner mm -hmm. you know for uh, first time doing this and a couple of weeks before we opened the doors I just sat down I reevaluated where we're at we were you, you know we were on the finish out at that point yeah and I just took our our opening expenses and I started crossing them out left and right left and right you know we wanted tv monitors over there we were going to go digital you know with digipore and and some of these things that I know that our customer or, or craft beer consumers mm -hmm. would be really familiar and comfortable with. But I was like, man, I just I have a feeling and I just don't want to spend any more money right now. Yeah. I want to open the doors and feel comfortable. Yeah. Which obviously is not a real thing, but as comfortable as I can as, feel. Uh, yeah. So with doing all that, you know, it, we that's time you know so we mm -hmm. we all the things that would have been all the time and effort we would have been putting into administrative honestly because everything was evolving and changing we were like well let's just we're working our asses off getting this place completed so mm -hmm. 
we did that and a lot of those things that we would have been doing and planning events specific and like we just didn't have time for that you know we were i was up at 5 a.m you know or in the shop at 5 a.m and leaving at midnight you know like drenched in sweat because we started building in august you know with no hvac yet so it was pretty brutal um texas is known to get a little warm right you know so then we get the doors open. We fought through the first couple of weeks and it was, you know, like every other small business owner or GM, I'm sure like open to close every day, every day, every yeah. day, every day. And it was amazing. And it was such an awesome feeling, you know, getting to welcome in a lot of the, the, uh, craft beer consumers and customers, demographic, mm-hmm. you know, patrons, whatever word you want to come up that I've known for years to come and check it out. Yeah. But I didn't have time to do this. You know, I didn't have time to put together, features that I felt comfortable with. I didn't have time Mm. to actually get a bunch of events on the calendar. Um, And I always kind of envisioned this thing being events driven. Hmm. Well, then COVID COVID hits, hits you know, and it's just one of those things like, like, you know, could you, could could anybody have kicked me in between the legs harder, you know? But anyway, so I, I always take the long way around, but, so there's so many challenges, but the good thing is brewers never stop brewing mm-hmm. despite all the challenges they're going through. Beers never stop rolling through the door. And for just the reality of it, you know, people are going to drink, you know, crap mm-hmm. beer drinkers are going to drink their beer, you know? So whether it's good draft offerings or whether it's a, a beer release mm-hmm. you, there, I mean, I got you both, you know, I got you in package. I got you on draft and it's a neat thing, you know, like, um, there's so many that, that have surprised me. Avery tweak is just sitting on the shelf right now, you know, turning into a shelf turd. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Avery tweak. I mean, you know, something that my kind of generation of beer drinker would have been gone. Goo goo. I I, just so surprised at a few cases that I bought. It's also, uh Oh, not all, but you know, it's moving at a much slower pace than I anticipated. Hmm. And then you have other beers that you know and love that are kind of classics to Texas, Mm -hmm. like Pumpkinator. I'm blown away that I think we had seven cases of Pumpkinator that were gone in two hours. Wow. This is something that you can get on the, like you and I could probably go up to Kroger right now and find a Pumpkinator just sitting there, (laughs) you know, and I'm just blown away at how, you, you just don't know anymore. Yeah. You just don't know. So it's it's, it's a and crazy thing, you know. I'm still finding myself surprised by beer. And and that was something I I, I think I'm I'm connecting with you on that because there's part of me that is, you know, uh, okay, uh, I'll say our generation of beer drinker because I think with craft beer having exploded, especially in Texas the last five, since I've, sure. I've moved yeah. here. I moved here about five years ago with brew pubs. I mean, that's yeah. really where it's at. You know? Yeah. And, and when, when I first moved here, there were, you know, 12, 15 different breweries, three bottle shops total. Right. That, that were like reputable. Like you want to go here because sure, it's a sure. bottle shop. not just little honey pots of like convenience stores that had some craft beer that would get like a fun, like 120 in. And then everybody was like, Oh, there's 120 there. Let me go over there. Right. Um, but I feel like, uh, I, I've stopped, I've given up on like trying to figure out what's cool because there's something new that is cool and amazing. Oh, and I'm sure week. as a bottle shop owner, like that's got to be just one of the most, one of the hardest things to do. Cause it's not that you don't want to chase. I'm guessing you don't want to just chase the fads, but you're also trying to like keep up with what the customer wants. Sure. I mean, 
the the Hayes train is not stopping. I, I can no. say that. So no. keeping a healthy amount of Hayes, Hayes boys in is, is going to make them happy. But generally speaking, it, I don't think it's any different than anybody who runs a tap house or, or, or does anything like this, honestly, in whatever particular field you work in. If you're making decisions, mm-hmm. you really kind of make them based on what you like. Mm. I mean, there's also an aspect of, oh, I know I can sell this. Mm-hmm. But that kind of goes to the every tweak thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just blown away that you buy a few cases of every tweak and it's chilling. I think, I, I obviously generally believe, you know, there's so many people that are invested in their verticals for their seller. Mm-hmm. They'll eventually come in and it, it'll all go. But it's it's just wild to me that some things that you, it, it, based on your experience, mm-hmm. they can't miss yeah, you know, and not that you really miss on anything. I mean, it's it's a beer and wine shop, man. You know, Pe- mm. people need their they need their juice. But I, I've had conversations with Shannon across the street. It's kind of the same thing. You know, people ask us all the time, "How do you choose your beer?" Is like buy what I like. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys like it too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Um, and okay, so I'm looking at this awesome beer cellar where the, the Avery Tweak is at. Yeah. yeah. And it, I remember, remind me of this, this used to be a bank uh, and that was the no. vault or so, this was, cause it's got a, a, a very heavy steel door. Right. So, I mean, it's a proper seller. Uh, so our property owner is, uh, Lori powers and this is the old WA powers building. So what she did, mm. this is actually her, she's the, she owns the whole city block and this is her first big project as well gotcha so it's kind of fun you know it's it's us uh you got chance morgan chance and caleb morgan from morgan mercantile i was you got just Joe in there a second ago yeah. they're awesome <laughs> they're i amazing. love that shop Joe, hey man oh yeah you're right yeah and, and he is our merch vendor you know, oh so. okay gotcha gotcha so uh you got um sarah castillo that owns taco heads T- uh her new concept teenies is at mm-hmm. the end you got lala behind us at south barber shop uh, you, you know, you got Joe right next door here, Joe Ayala, tattoo artist at Panther City. And then um, you got I was also behind the, us. The, the bodega is so cool. The bodega cool. is awesome. I love that you place. Know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's a cool neighborhood. And what Lori was able to do with this building is we're all, uh, you know, we're all small business owners. Mm-hmm. And most of us, I believe, this is our first bicker and mortar. Only, mm-hmm. I think, Sarah and Autumn, who owns... Uh, Tiki uh, or Tarantula Tiki Lounge, mm-hmm. you know, she owns the Boiled Owl as well. So we're okay. all small business yeah. owners. And Lori really wanted that. She wanted to curate the tenants mm. and invest in a bunch of small business owners rather than trying to get someone, you know, who you could argue is more established to bring in because she had a vision for this place. But anyway, what she did was she acquired pieces of the property at a time mm. and her dad's company was in this space particular. Mm. So it was a Dolly and Castro company. And, uh, you know, it'd been here for years and years and years. And then, uh, then, you know, we get the space and then you're sitting here looking at it. And, uh, yeah, so you got the, the cellar door, the building was on fire, you know, roughly a hundred years ago. So we're <laughs> thinking, cause it's never been a bank according to them. Okay. And Jack said he was in here and like, he got in the space in like 1967 or something oh, wow. like that. But the combination lock was already gone and he welded on 
the the steel bars, the, the locks on the the exterior locks. Okay, on it. gotcha. So, anyway. That's what we think that space was. It was just a fire safe. Wow. For tools, obviously, yeah. paperwork. Because uh, that, thing, that thing is a beast. It's neat, man. It's, it's super neat. It's a cool neat. spot. When we walked in here uh, originally to look at the space, uh-huh. there was nothing else in here. Obviously, I told you, like, the kind of rotting studs. Yeah. Uh, there was some kind of some junk from the original contractor on the other side. And then we had uh, that structure right there. That was it, man. Wow. It was a neat thing. All right, and we are back and recording part two. Magic of editing. I love it. <laughs> I'm excited about this. All right, so um, let's just start off with the second half of questions here. It's not second half, but the last couple I've got here. Um, so, dude, one of the things that I have really seen with your uh, social media, you are working the hustle on that. It is hard <laughs> to find a time that you're not posting a video, a story, something about the shop and i love how you are are on the run with that man i mean i guess <laughs> well no i see I, I i see that um you're always trying something new you're always trying to get either someone here someone going at the shop something going at the shop because uh, uh, you know i feel like it's it's what you can do at least with with what you're allowed to do with covid restrictions and all that right yeah definitely i mean like i was saying earlier the original conceptual design was to be very events driven. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our daily features, which, you know, we're really happy with. Uh, we've had the Thursday supplier spotlight, which has been a lot of fun. So every Thursday we feature, you know, a certain brewer, you know, and we throw a bunch of the beer on, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. do some specials. They usually come in and hand out a bunch of goodies, you know, and we've had some really cool stuff there. But, um, you know, so, I mean, we have content that we can throw out on yeah, social yeah. media. And the other thing is, you know, this obviously isn't a, it's, it's the very opposite of a sterile environment. There's, there's a lot of eye candy in here. You know, mm-hmm. we, we built it a certain way to make it extremely comfortable. So, uh, you know, that doesn't really hurt, you know, in terms of what's going on, brother, that, that doesn't hurt in terms of, uh, you know, as the kids like to say, it's very grammable. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, it, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's weird in this digital world where if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. So you gotta keep yourself in the line of sight. I you suppose. do. You do. You do. Um. I mean, I'm I I'm self-professed really horrible at Instagram. Um. So I, I I have to really <laughs> try hard to go like I think this should go up on the internet. Right. Um. And I mean I've got a, a separate YouTube channel as well that I'm doing with my dad domestic stuff. So I'm both trying to do like what how do I do YouTube and how do I do Instagram and podcasting. Um. So yeah, it's a lot to figure out and especially like just trying to take a time to like make a. Po- I didn't think that making a post would take time. You know. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you got to put a little bit of thought into it, you know, and you got to mm-hmm. be very careful about what you say, depending on what you're talking about. You know, um, yeah, it's a little weird for sure. Uh, you know, like we collectively, you know, the team and I, because it is a collaborative effort. Hmm. Well, we sat down early on in this thing and, and we were all pretty adamant about not intermingling our political you know, ideologies and, mm-hmm. and all that with it and not, not using the shop to be a, a mic, you know, a megaphone for that. And so, and it's weird, you know, even in this, this last year, <laughs> politics and social issues are just 
become so fiery and mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's looking to get pissed off about something, you know? So it, you always have to kind of make sure that your wording is very proper, you know, very specific because that is something we're not interested in. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not interested in, we all have opinions, you know, we, we all have, you know, our pretty ardent beliefs for a lot of us, you know, about mm-hmm. what, how we see the world and everything. But you, <laughs> Beer should be universal. It should be unifying, you know. So gotcha. our social media, we don't, we don't want to do anything to jeopardize that because yeah. we love all our customers, man. We, we, you know, all the ones that we that we have, all of our patrons that have supported us, and all those that we haven't met yet. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. social media can be a weird thing, man. You know, and how you deal with all that. But just generally speaking, we we want to keep it about the beer. Yeah, yeah. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to post about good beer. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we can all unify on that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, and, and I love this. We, we, we had to take that little pause in the middle there for people um, because the shop is now, like, open. And I love that, like, shop opened up. And next thing you know, you got, are you open? We got customers coming right. in. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love seeing that and hearing that in the background. So if everything just changed, that is why. Um, you know, I was at uh, the bodega just down the street, and I was love like, yeah, it. I'm excited. I'm going to talk to Sean. And they're like, Sean, oh, we love that place. We love him. We love this. Um, it seems like this area just has a lot of love for everybody else here. 100%, man. Uh, we're, we're all very much of the um, opinion that, well, number one, I think we all have, a, have it's some weird kind of undefinable symbiotic relationship with all of our neighbors. You know, we mm-hmm. all... But, but generally speaking, this area has been incredible in promoting small businesses. Hmm. Uh, there's a reason you don't come to the nearest south side and get a Starbucks. There's a yeah. reason you come down here for a meal and you're not going to find a Chili's, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all the property owners are on board. Um, the actual entity, Fort Worth South Inc., you know, which you see all the signage near mm-hmm. south side. You know, it's a community nonprofit that has helped develop this area hmm. and uh i think they've done an incredible job but yeah man we we care deeply about our neighbors you, you know it, it's kind of like i was just saying if, if you got a chilies and applebee's and a whatever else next door to each other the people that work there don't care about the next place you know hmm. uh, they, they see them as absolute competition you know the managers probably don't know each other you, but it's different down here. There's a completely different vibe when, mm-hmm. you know, I'm building out my shop. Chance was just finished. Joe was finishing out his shop, you know. Hey, man, I yeah. freaking, you know, just broke two drill bits. You got an extra drill bit. I can, you know, like you get to know people on a more personal level mm-hmm. and you, you care deeply about their shop, you know. Obviously, none of us down here want to see vacancies. No. I mean, you know, vacancies is, is not particularly a good thing. For whatever reason that may happen to be, you know, we want to see each other thrive. And we believe, I mean, I believe all of us believe pretty passionately that all these businesses, just by sheer luck, coincidence, or, you know, some (laughs) greater entity in the universe bringing us all together, Hmm. that we fit really, really well together. There's something to offer for almost everybody you know you if you're coming out here with a group of you know five or so like all five people can be really satisfied with something here in the neighborhood yeah you know what i mean and obviously you want to 
go and explore and check out all the cool neat stuff anyway but yeah it really does seem like this street in particular has a little something for everybody and it's not that you're going to find a big name around here at all which i really love because you can find the big names around just about everywhere um i love having a place where i can feel like oh i can't wait to take my sister and brother-in-law to like here and right. i can't wait to take my friends that are you know my wife's friends first but now they're my friends right you know mm -hmm. to this place down the street as well and it just seems like uh south side maine and uh same thing like magnolia I, I feel like those are the places that my wife and i've really come to find a home around um yeah yeah we really love this we love this place and we love just this area in general it's come kind of come to be like our what we've kind of found as home a hundred percent uh whenever we were scouting locations to put this shop uh a couple things number one we were going to be in south side with regardless we knew this is the area we wanted mm -hmm. to be in you know an area that cares deeply and promotes small businesses uh i mean i my wife my wife and i live up in hazlitt and we're very happy up there we have a great community but i've been asked a million times why didn't you try to do this over here in that alliance area is like because it's it's commercial hell it, i mean it's uber yeah. commercial corporatized hell if i were to put this there it'd be gone in half a year just yeah. you know get lost in the shuffle and that's not something i you, wanted to be, be in a you'd be in a mini mall area right. between you know, the, the total line and <clears throat> the pets place and that's yeah, and it's it's hard to make that homely feel there. A hundred percent. We were lucky enough to find a place, and I said that was the number two is that uh, the people at near Southside. <coughs> excuse me, um, Megan in particular was fantastic, and you know we had built a good relationship, and she reached out to me when I was just starting to get this project off the ground, uh -huh. and I wasn't even fully funded yet, and she called me and said, "Hey, I think I found the perfect spot for." Uh, Southside Cellar, uh, what do you think about Main Street? And I was like, well, you know, I didn't, I, I mean, awesome. Yeah. I want to look yeah, yeah. at it, you know, but I don't really, you know, think that our budget's going to allow for Main Street storefront property. We really didn't budget, you know, allocate our budget that way. And, and, uh, she goes, well, dang it. I think the uh, best piece of property in near Southside just became available. I'm like, okay, let's go walk Let's go it. take a look. <laughs> <laughs> if you got to twist my arm about it. All right. You know, <laughs> and I've, yeah. I've said this repeatedly to, you know, in different conversations that the, the question at that point then became not how do you afford it? How do you pass up on Main Street property, yeah. you know, on the first block outside of downtown Fort Worth, which is now the 13th largest city in America? Yeah. You know, how do you pass that up trying to search for a back alley <laughs> piece of property that fits a budget that you may or may not be reflective of reality once you get the doors open? So, mm -hmm. yeah, man, Dude. we took a little bit of a risk. I mean, even even with COVID, I think we're very happy and, you know, despite all the struggles and, mm -hmm. and frustrations and things of that nature, I think when it's all said and done, we're going to be perfectly fine and, and very happy with what we got. Gotcha. Well, man, this place is such a, uh, such a fun spot. I really do feel like I'm at home here. It has such a great vibe. Um, not to mention, we didn't, we barely talked about it. Uh, did talk about, it. you guys got wine as well. hundred percent. Um, you guys have got this great selection um, you know, I want to just kind of wrap up here because I could see customers coming around <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> That's all good. Um, but uh, towards the end, I always give the last couple minutes to the guest. Uh, anything you want to promote? Uh, you know, I know we're in your shop, but hey, if there's hey. anything, uh, you know, anything you'd like to say, the, the last couple minutes of the, the show are yours. Sure, man. Uh, well, Alan, thanks for coming out, man. We appreciate it. Uh, 
love getting a little bit of airtime, even though I'm not good at this. <laughs> I can hear myself talking and I hate it. But uh, yeah, man, I think we did. I think if I had to really kind of articulate it, uh, one of my very good friends, I told you that I GC, we, you know, mm-hmm. and the team and I built this shop and did the finish out and everything. And uh, one of my very good friends uh, is a general contractor, owns a very large construction company. Mm-hmm. And obviously having his soft consulting <laughs> really allowed us to do it that way. Mm. And, but right as we were finishing up, I think we were a couple of days before we opened the doors and, and Brooks came out here. We sat down right over in the corner and he looked around and obviously being my first time to do something like this, he's like, God dang, this thing turned out real good, man. Our, nah, you, yeah. Is this how you envision it? And I said, absolutely. I, I, I can't lie to you. This is literally when I walked in this space the first time I saw all this. Nice. So, to to be able to to make a dream come to fruition is a cool cool thing you know for me personally and very fulfilling but mm-hmm. what makes it even better is when customers come in here and they love it yeah you know it's I, i'm not as much of a whack job as i think i am i turned something in that, that i think a lot of people are going to be really happy with but the bottle shop is freaking killer man that from somebody who's dealt with tap rooms for 20 years like being able to dive into retail and be i mean arguably reasonably pretty successful at it the way that we're doing it you know we're, we are absolutely providing the goods that the people want mm. and that's it's it's awesome man it's neat that so many people come here now first rather than going somewhere else mm. you know and, and it's neat to become somebody's go-to place as soon as all this craziness is over we can get back to what this tap room was doing you know the first two months we opened this shop I mean, we were banging in here every day, yeah. you know, a button every seat. And, and as it's designed to do, it, it's a great little tap room. And even though we've done our best to do all the spreading and, and social distancing and all that now, we have that weird partition wall, which I hate, you know, because it really kind of messes up the flow. Of I, the, of I the understand what you're talking <laughs> about. It's so frustrating. Yeah. But, you know, we max out roughly at like 40, 45 people in here when it's right in full. Mm-hmm. And that was such a cool feeling, man, when we opened the doors, was having someone in every seat and all the little living room arrangements were completely yeah. full. But it's still, you know, intimate enough that we could be behind the bar and Alan sitting in the corner over there is like, Alan, are you good down there, man? Yeah. You're, you know, you need another there's, beer? There's, you can give the line of sight and go, no, I'm good. Or, yeah, yeah, the, 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 you know, one more's coming you, up. You know, you'd be like, no, man, actually, pour me a 13. You know? Yeah. And I was like, heck yeah, I'll bring it right out. You, you, so you got that. And then you're right. The the cellar is the, that kind of beautiful little cherry on top, uh, particularly at nighttime. You know, because mm-hmm. you see the the candle lighting that, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. have in there. It flickers, and then at nighttime when you walk through the the parted curtains, it's the first thing you see. Yeah, people look at that well before they even look at the tap wall, mm-hmm. which is kind of amazing. You know, most people go to a tap house looking. And for everybody a wants good to go here. check it out. What's inside there? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's neat, man. So. Uh, we, we got it all, man. You know, we got a neat place. Uh, I love our daily features. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about just real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. I mentioned that we do our supplier spotlight every Thursday. Uh, we had Tish from Modern Times out last night. We're going to have Celestial. The boys from Celestial will be out next nice. week. 
And then to, to end the month, the last Thursday of the month, we're going to have Kevin from Firestone come out. We're going to have a three-year vertical of Parabola. Oh, that's always fun. You know, so we're going to yeah. have 19, 20, and 21 flowing. So that'll, that'll be a nice little flight style nice. um, uh, vertical that we're going to do. And that'll be a lot of fun. And then later on in the year, at some point, we'll do a sticky monkey vertical too. So oh, we're gonna have some those are so right. good. But the one thing that I really do want to touch on is uh, – our whole team and myself, you know, unfortunately, COVID's been such such a harsh thing for us. Even though we did donate to the Southside Cares Fund that that put money in the pockets of bartenders and servers, mm-hmm. but uh, every Sunday we donate half the, or excuse me, ten uh, percent <clears throat> of the tap room sales. So I'm thinking of half of the store. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ten percent of the, all the tap room sales to a local nonprofit partner. This, oh, yeah, I didn't know that, man. That's th- awesome. This month, we're going to do the Union Gospel Mission. We just finished up with uh, uh, Cowtown Project Success. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many great nonprofits here in the area that we're going to you know, remain focused on yeah. and, and try to give back here into the community. And it, that's it amazing. just stinks that we can't fill out the room the way we want to. Yeah. But I want to make sure that that's known and out there for when we get back to it that we want Sundays to be a hot day, man. We, we yeah. want you, people to come out and obviously be able to enjoy friends family over a good beer but also know that you know we're going to be putting back into the community that's awesome awesome sean matt this has been such a fun time thank you for taking your time out of your day uh, it, especially a very cold day as today. <laughs> we we're recording this on like a friday morning and we're just looking i i've never thought i would hear the word blizzard and fort worth associated right. together Ooh. um yeah um, but thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate your time. Uh, this place is so much fun. Please, please, please uh, come check this place out. Southside Cellar on Main Street. Um, as always, please stay safe. Uh, support local, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers man. man. Thanks, Alan. Thank you.